Take one. Hi, welcome to Talk GA, our podcast on anything and everything stuffed animals. Uh, I'm your host, it's TM32 Shinja here. <laughs> We're here with special guest, uh, Grand Archive developer, Sitsukras. Welcome to our podcast. How are you doing today? Yeah. Hi, everyone. This is Talk GA, our podcast on anything and everything Grand Archive. I'm your host, Mark, and uh, we have a lot of guests today, so I'm just going to go around the room and have them introduce themselves. You're first, Foamy. Oh, okay. Am I technically a guest or not sure? <laughs> the host, host guest. Cool. Mark and friends. So picky. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm Foamy. Um, yeah, I'm excited to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to talk about some Grand Archive okay. with y'all. Yeah. Uh, do you go the rest of Talk to you? Or do you no, go? you. Okay. Hey, I'm Roger or Sitsukras. I'm Director of Operations for Weasel Shore. Then go. The do you want to go? Developer you of Grand Archive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, do that thing too. Yeah. <laughs> Makes cardboard. Yeah, sometimes. I came off the street. <laughs> <laughs> and we just happened a lot of it. <laughs> Floor, couch? Floor. I just go up and down like this? Yeah, yeah, zigzag. yeah chaos. Zigzag, zigzag. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, hi, I'm Eva from Talk GA. Hi, I'm Cherry from TM32. Oh, is it me now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just, uh, I'm Ken from TM32. Uh, and I'm Shinja from TM32 as well. Big big family photo today. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was all, I was worried that we were not going to fit everyone on the couch, but uh, I mean, technically, not everyone fit on no, the couch. No, but we did but fit, we everyone fit on the everybody couch. on the set. It's crazy. Yeah. So we're going to go into a little bit. Like we do have guests, so we we should we should give them a lot time, more time to talk about themselves and intro. Um, I think the person I probably interface with the least here is Ken. So I'm going to give him the mic first. Oh, boy. Ken, you're up first. You have a very impressive resume. I did not know any about a lot of this stuff. I saw a little Team Liquid logo. So then I went splunking on your background. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is this guy. It's uh, it's basically written for IGN, Riot Games, Team Liquid, but also was studying to be a doctor. So you disappointed your Asian parents. Disgrace! There were so many, many, many timelines in the life of Ken, but I'm going to try and just keep it to the gaming side of things. Yeah. But the TLDR, I did live my entire life wishing to become a doctor and did study for it and graduate for it and am about a year off from actually becoming a neurosurgeon, but I dropped out of school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, because it was an incredibly stressful uh, life that I was living. And that was while simultaneously doing all of the things that I was doing on the side in the gaming space. Um, For context, I can't sit still. I always have to be doing something or I go insane. Um, But yeah, if I were to shift to a different timeline, I grew up simultaneously with gaming. So I would consider myself first generation esports. I was a viewer and a competitor in elementary school all the way up until my adulthood. So I had watched, experienced, uh, created events for, participated in events for in the gaming and esports space. So that was like my passion growing up. Obviously not fit for a job for Asian parents. Especially (laughs) at that time. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I, I actually did have a supportive mother who, when I was stressing out from school, I took a, uh, I was able to give that a backseat and focus on the areas of my life where I was putting a lot of attention into when I was gaming because, you know, I, um, I, 
I lied about my age to write for these websites. I was still oh. in high school under the age of 18. But wow. at the time, in order for you to write for these websites, all you had to do was pitch your managing editor ideas. So I wrote for Nintendo Power, PC Gamer, IGN wow. as, a, uh, as a minor. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know right? that. And they didn't know that. And yeah. then by the time I became 18, um, I was able to travel across the country to attend yeah. events like GDC and E3 and, you know, you name it. Rip E3. Um, yeah, rip, rip, rest in peace <laughs> oh. E3. Um, yeah, 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 somewhere along that line, you know, I had the honor and privilege of meeting a lot of people in the gaming space, whether it was interviewing game developers, uh, meeting owners of esports teams, um, and I was just able to rack up gig after gig after gig. I worked at Square Enix as a community manager for Final Fantasy for a number of years. I wrote and uh, did publications for Riot Games when they were still growing their grassroots uh, esports team for League of Legends. And then somewhere along the lines, I had met my current boss, Steve, at I believe an E3 at the Curse Gaming booth. Uh, I had basic key came up to me uh, through a connection that my editor had said, hey, you're a huge esports fan. Maybe you should talk to the owner of this team. Yeah. Huge fan of Curse at the time. So I was yeah. internally gushing. I was like, yeah. oh my god, I'm getting tired, Steve. <laughs> but hi, nice to meet you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Keep it professional, um, you know? Yeah, kept it professional. <laughs> Keep it together. But, I don't know what came over me, what demon possessed me. I basically told him everything he was doing wrong. And he hired me on the spot. <laughs> I told him esports is still small, it needs more content, it needs more storytelling, it needs more production, it needs more finesse, blah, 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 blah. Handed me his card and said, email me, but basically I'm already gonna hire you. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, so that's where my life ended up. And then obviously through the honor and privilege that was Team Curse, then Team Liquid. Um, I met all kinds of interesting people. Uh, one of my mentors is the, uh, he was the former CEO of Mattel and invented basically the modern Nerf gun. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> uh, I got to meet a lot of idols in the gaming space. Uh, Yoshi P for Final Fantasy, big one for me. Wow. Um, you met Yoshi P? Yeah, of course. He was my like Whoa. boss. Yeah, <laughs> we need a translator, but. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, from there, I just racked up experience after experience, opportunity after opportunity, and then here I am now. Hopefully, that wasn't too sporadic because that is my life in a nutshell. That's First incredible. Of all, I don't, I mean, I, I'm very impressed. <laughs> I wrote impressive because I just saw like lines on a, on a LinkedIn profile. Oh, my LinkedIn like, here's a story. This is insane. <laughs> I just went like 100x unimpressive. Uh, I think there's, like, there's like a way to call it out too because it's like, Everyone that's been like involved in esports yeah. and like video games yeah. from like the past twenty years, yeah. every one of those events are like massive. Yeah. But if you were not in that space, you're just like, I have no idea what he just what, said. What right? yeah. Yeah. Curse, like oh, Square Enix. Yeah, there's all of us know what those are. Yeah, yeah these are giants yeah. in the in the respective fields. And, yeah, um, there's a lot of jargon. You know, I spewed stuff out. So hopefully, the audience maybe understands some of it. They, they can they can internet research. I feel like most <laughs> of uh, Talk Jay's audience would uh, understand okay. that. Yeah. 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 You're speaking right crowd. But how did you get into Grand Archive? Uh, okay. I'll give you the f straight answer. It's this guy. <laughs> He's very passionate about Grand Archive, mm -hmm. and that passion was infectious. And one of my personal philosophies is that, you know, we should do things that channel the passion you're currently in. Yeah. Right? So he was big into it, and I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to support that passion. So here, Aww. you know, we push into the Grand Archive space. Um, the less direct answer is, okay, um, after having entered the Grand Archive scene a little bit, right. um, doing content 
three things he wanted to do. He had interactions with the short teams where we were going to do some, you know, more sponsored content. Um, it gave me an opportunity to see the community and the dev team firsthand, right? And one of the things that I'm incredibly passionate about is helping build out communities, helping build out grassroots scenes. <laughs> For, I, I need to like word this properly. The, the Grand Archive community reminds me of the olden esports days. It's very passionate, it's very grassroots, the people are incredibly lovely. I don't know how long it will stay that way as the game grows and scales, but currently in its like current state, it's just a wonderful community. And I wanted to take that opportunity to provide my time, energy, and resource into kind of growing that, so. Wow. Oh my, I, I was I was about to cry a little bit when you started talking about the community part, seriously, because I'm yeah, I, I see it and I feel it too. It's really it is it is the way that you described it really well, very eloquently put. Um, moving on a little bit. Speaking of passion, Mr. Passion here, Shinja. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At this point, there is not one Discord. I'm part, I'm not a part of a lot of Discords, but there's not one Discord I'm not part of that that Shinja is not part of. He's in every one of my Discords, I think. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny because it's like. You know, even when I'm not playing or competitive, it's like I do want to go into those like secret, like super secret stuff, right? <laughs> so it's like I'm just there. Yeah. I'm just observing. I may not talk a lot on them, but I am there. <laughs> Spy Spy yeah. 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 He's in the Solar Games Discord. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? Even I'm not in the Solar Games Discord. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm everywhere. He's if, everywhere. If, yeah. if GA's on there, then I'm like, in, what are you yeah. doing in the NorCal Discord? You're not in NorCal. <laughs> I'm in Arizona's Discord too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, just a little bit about me, right? It's I'm actually really new to TCGs, actually, is, uh, which most most people don't know about me. Like, I got in right around the COVID area, like like most people actually. Um, I started with Pokemon, but mainly because my other buddies at the time wanted to they wanted to join like the break hype, right? Like they mm -hmm. wanted to stream on yeah. Twitch, why not? Whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and they were like, it was like this. They made it work, but there was like they. He, this guy lived in one city, and his other friend lived in this city. So they would like hop on a Discord call, and they would split the inventory so that way I can open. And then, oh, do you want to rip this one? And they'll like go back and forth, um, and it was doing pretty well, right? So it got to a point where, hey, like, do you want to move into like a studio? So that way we're all in one location. Yeah. That way we'll have this vibe. And they're like, cool. And then I just basically offered like, I was basically like a mod or like viewer. And I was like, I'll just manage your PC so it doesn't explode while both of you are on there, right? Yeah. So I basically became like their IT guy, right? Basically. So that's how I got into CG because I'm just watching them and like, oh, like I'm learning about Pokemon and the whole like collector space. Yeah. Um, and then that's how I met Tops and Top Spot, and then eventually I started working for him. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got really into the collector space. So yeah. that he started carrying like Wise, and it was over. My wallet died, you know. Started buying all these products, and then through Top Spot, um, we got the ever faded email from distributors about GA, and we started doing research about that. And um, and I joined the Discord and. The rest is history, basically. Yeah. yeah, I remember it was like day one. He like pops into the Discord. He's like, "I'm just like here to like look around." And I think we had sussed out like the the TM32 YouTube channel from that, and we were like, "All right, it's pretty small, but th they make pretty good content. What if we just like throw stuff at him? You think it'll make yeah. content for us?" <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, forgot, I think it was I think it was either Roger or or Syl, but he's like, "Hey, do you guys want to open up like the first edition box?" And I was like, Whoa. "Hell yeah!" yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
um, yeah, and and before that, you know, they had a pre-release thing at uh, a little local, so we went there and I got to see the cars for the first time and yeah. stuff. So I made like a little. I think it's super jank, but made a little like retrospective about that experience in GA, and it seemed like the team liked it. Mm-hmm. So that after that is when they offered to send the box, and then um, I personally think I did something pretty cool, or we did something pretty cool with that box. We went to three different types of stores. We went to a store that backed the Kickstarter. We mm-hmm. went to a store that kind of knew about GA, and then a and then a store that also has not heard of GA. Um, so we opened that box with those three owners, and we got intri- it was kind of like an interview with those three. So I felt like it was a lot, it was super different. It was very fun. Um, I got to learn a lot from those three owners. They're super great, super smart people. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Then we then we made this uh, beautiful couch mat. <laughs> And yeah. we were like thinking of like, all right, how do we how do we like showcase our advertising? So we're like, well, why don't we just we just send it to Shinja and see what happens? Easy. I, I do want to say it was not my idea. We, I I got the mat and I was like, what do you want to do with this thing? And all the this, the jank ideas are like a ninety percent his. Yeah. And uh, it's so fun. Like if you guys don't know the the blanket meme like from this, it's like a super old. Inside joke, but uh, that is still up, I think. Um, but yes, so many like fun little ideas like that just come with like, hey, here's product, or what do you think about this? And then I bring it up to, to Ken, and then we just kind of go back and forth. It's weird because like we're very like, he has a bunch of weird ideas, and then I'll go look at him like, is it possible or <laughs> yeah. not? And then we we merge. Yeah, here's a TM secret. You know, most people think, especially we have some pretty well, well, I think like well well done and well written skits, especially in the Pokemon era of TM32. And people are go, oh man, they must plan things out, they must write things (laughs) out. No, I usually come up with the ideas like two hours before we shoot. Like I go, hey, we should do this, and then I just basically pass punt the idea off to him. He's like. Okay, so. like the intro skit for this video, uh, we, I was in the car ride from Vegas, I believe, and I was just like, I think this would be cool. I'll just type it up to Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, go back a step further and be like, the the origin of this collab idea. It all started with that one reply. But yeah, I mean, that's just me. Like a lot of. Uh, I, I really love the game, as as most people can tell, and um, I'm just fortunate to be in the place I am. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> One of the first videos I've ever watched was the interview that you and him did, Roger did. Mm-hmm. You're opening packs yeah. and then looking at all the cards. I'm like, these cards look pretty sick. Yeah, they were pretty sick. That was, <laughs> that, that was me sussing out this game, whether I was mm. going to put like oh. real cash. That was like your research. You're now yeah. It was material. That, it was really funny, right? Because now, like before, you guys are just like people. Or content creators, right? <laughs> but now you're like friends. Mm. You, Dan. Aww. Dan's interview was a big, like honestly, Dan's interview also helped a lot. The main deck interview with, uh, I think it was Alan. Yeah. About like the the theory thinking behind it was also what drove me to like be, go beyond from like just playing a game with Foamy to like <laughs> actually like buying cards. Like I'm scouring eBay for one e boxes. And yeah. Stuff. <laughs> you know, doing my solar game stuff. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, but we have more guests. Cherry, you are the newest member. Are you the newest member of a TM32? Do you or do you I, I like technically, technically Leo is first, right? Leo is yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. and then and then you are the newest. Okay. I am. 
Right. So what, what's that like? What, what, so you know everything about TM30. Give us all the secrets. Oh man. Get ready to bleep things out. <laughs> <laughs> just, just give them the link. It's fine. Just, uh, redacted, redacted, redacted. <laughs> we'll fix okay. it in post. Yeah. For, for, for context, like before yes. all of this, I was VTubing full time mm-hmm. and that was so like behind the camera, like no one knows <laughs> my face or anything. So this is like, whoa, like how did I? But when people ask me, like, what, what's, like, working with TM32, like, the best comparison I can give is because we're such a small team yeah. and, like, we're doing really big events and, like, that's really new to us. It's honestly what I imagined working at a startup is mm-hmm. like because, like, timelines are like so like short like things are coming up like really fast projects are huge and like we kind of have titles but we also kind of just we all just wear different hats because you know things need to get done but it it kind of works because it's like when one person is like a little too busy it's like the next person will pick up the slack and things like that so it's super super fast paced it's also my first tcg as well so like this whole space and everything is like really new to me um so it's been really fast but really really fun and it's just really nice seeing like the stuff that we work on the way that kind of brings community together and it helps connect people to something that makes them really really happy and joyful like it's really a privilege to be able to do that it's a privilege to have you here it's a privilege (laughs) 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 You're, you're you're a great addition I think so. Yeah, you're you're very. I was very impressed by your skills at uh, when we were casting. Oh yes, the ten hours. You guys were a fantastic (laughs) casting team. So charity for Ontario casting, you know. uh, (laughs) You get sixty minutes maximum. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Finals. You said it. uh, Can you believe that? (laughs) (laughs) You get (laughs) total. All right, I think we have one more guest, not from TM32. <laughs> or maybe it's like secret agent. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, like <laughs> obsessive. All right, uh, it's Roger. Uh, I think this. Oh, okay, this is my first time on Talk GA, right? Because last time was on Mark Four Day. Well, yeah. no, no, no. We, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, sure. yeah, you did an interview. This is sure. the first time. I think second time, maybe all of us are on Talk GA because this is a new channel. True. Turn over. That's right. Yeah, but you know, we've done multiple interviews. One directly with you, me and you. One with the Dev interview, um, and now you're here on Talk GA. Yeah, third, third appearance. Covering my bases. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for the people who have not seen the other two, you want to give a little, quick little intro about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So my name is Roger. I am one of the developers of Grand Archive, uh, specifically the director of operations. And what that entails is anything that is not art-based or gameplay-based, uh, I cover. So from production to fulfillment to delivery to sales to, I guess, some part of it is now like community building both within, outside of the US, you know, how do we build up distributors, but how do we support stores, and how can we grow their own audiences? And so it's why, you know, a lot of discussion with you guys as long-term TCG players and collectors, but also like people that are fairly new to the TCG scene is really fascinating because I think the challenges some other games end up coming to is that they just hire from people within the industry. Because that's what you do, right? You're like, you know, what have you done? Oh, I've been in TCGs for the past 10 years. You know, this is what we've always done. This is how we do things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, doing the same things are not necessarily the best, right? This is my first TCG as well. And I know that's pretty surprising, probably maybe scary to some people. <laughs> <in here. laughs> but I think we've proven yeah. at least those parts fairly cleanly. And it's like, you know, there is a lot of fresh perspective 
that comes with coming from outside of the space yes. of like, well, you know, in my industry, we do things differently and there's opportunity for change mm -hmm. yet yeah, that should be adopted that maybe we haven't gone to the point of like, you know, TCGs are nowhere near the growth that esports have seen, right? Mm -hmm. Even though they've been around longer. Yeah. VTubing is a completely new sphere of community building that TCGs aren't really exposed to. And so there's so many experiences we can pull from all of these new places. Yeah. And it's, it's exciting to be able to talk with content creators and like people from the community that have their own perspectives on this. Yeah. I, I think I'll, I'll just add this part too is, I think without you on the team, Roger, we will never have seen this high quality of a card stock. No. Oh, like yeah. I've, I've <laughs> never seen someone put so much effort into a card stock. And like, yeah, if we just hired somebody from a different. We'll just use whatever uh, Cardamundi is doing. Just yeah. 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 We're going to get poker cards that, you know, with, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. At our events, I've had so many new players be like, the card stock is super nice in this game. Wow. The backs are like all shiny embossed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent job. Makes like, a huge difference. Yeah. Okay. So um, second thing is the reason why we're all here is like. SoCal invaded us, basically. <laughs> well, Foamy said he was going to cook for us, so that's why we're here. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Chef, Chef Foam. I was <laughs> kneading the dough all morning. Oh, Thank God. you. And it was really good, really by good. the way. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Very good. I, I appreciate it was, you guys <laughs> eating my cookies. This is no lie. It was some of the best pizzas I've had, and I've been around. And I, I mean, <laughs> I've eaten a lot of pizza. I'll just say that. But it's all, it's, it was really good. All right, so 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 Roger came and uh, basically scammed all of our locals yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Tony Tony the farmer deck. Yeah, um, plowshares the swords. Can you explain a little bit? Like, um, well, first of all, like you know, inspiration behind your deck. It's a it's a it's a it's not a precon. It's a personal build. Yeah. I want to hear some inspirations for this deck. Yeah. So, like the the process backwards, I was like, you know, I should go to my locals. I want to go to my. Locals. Right, I, mm -hmm. like I've used the excuse before of like oh, I'm too busy to play my game, but it's like at the end of the day, like if I'm not on the ground playing with like my local community, then I can't really have like legs to stand on of like how do I grow this? How do I talk about like the positives and negatives? And already like the community last time I came was so welcoming, so I was like you know I want to go and play, but I need a deck, mm -hmm. and I was like okay I'm in the factory. What, well, we, we should have cards anyway, but it's like, what cards can I source? And originally I was thinking through of like, I want to play like a Sylvie Green Slime build that like, you know, flashes and flickers Green Slime and like Young Beast Bonder a couple times, just like to make some monster. Cause I think that's like a fun meme that no one's like, no one's been competitive with. And so I just like want to try that. And I was like putting together cards and I realized I don't have any Zephyrs. I don't need Green Slimes. Yeah. Like all of these FDC DOA cards we've shipped out and I don't yeah. have them in the factory anymore. Yeah, yeah you're pretty angry. writing the <laughs> yeah. Why are you stock? hitting us up being like, hey, do you have Zephyrs <laughs> for us? I'm like, can I borrow Fairy Whispers? Just, like, just go oh, print them. <laughs> you make the game. <laughs> you just like pull it out of your pocket? Can't and, like, you just be like, hey, factory dude, print me this one. One up, one up. But yeah, so I was like writing them all down and then eventually I was like, wait a minute, we're making this new set. Well, I was already gonna throw like Academy Guide into my Sylvie deck. I just like full pivot <laughs> to like a new set anyway. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, you know, to be honest, I shouldn't be playing anything competitive. Mm -hmm. Like at one point, I don't want to be like providing any like misdirection over what is gonna be mm -hmm. a competitive list. And on the second point, I don't want to be winning my locals and being like, haha, my price bags. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I'll just take this like jank brew because the moment I saw like Tony 3's effect of like, you know, replace an herb with a sword, I was like, okay, that 
And all of these herbs, <laughs> well, the effect's not replace an herb, it's replace a token with a sword. But I was like, there's something jank here that can be brewed on. Yeah. I don't even know if I'll get it there, but I'm just gonna throw whatever says summon herb and whatever says make token <laughs> and to a giant sword deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was the genesis of it. And then it was more like, a, oh, like some of these cards aren't spoiled. Wouldn't it be a fun way to like spoil cards by like going to locals and it's, being like, yeah. hey, you know, see what CSR I'm playing. Hey, see what card I'm playing. Oh, that's not spoiled yet? Take a picture. Set it online so I can play this legally. <laughs> that's yeah, why random so spoiler funny. showed up on Discord yes. out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. It literally from a dev being like, I'm going to play you with this unspoiled card yet. Have you seen this before? Like, they're like, what? <laughs> what? It's like, oh, yeah, I bet you've never seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> literally, like in Yu Gi Oh! when like, uh, they're like, Kaiba takes out his four blue eyes and like, I've never seen anyone have that before. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Technically, there's only three. Three blue eyes. He sorry. ripped the last one. Oh. Oh. You're only allowed three per deck. The lore. So he, he, he ripped. He changed the rules <laughs> specifically for his deck. Grandpa's gone, yeah. Rigged. I actually caught a moment where he was playing and then his opponent did something. I don't remember what it was, but he was like, you know what's actually better if you like do the other thing, right? And his opponent's like, yeah, but I just want to see more of your deck. <laughs> Intentionally slow playing just to see what happens next from Roger's hand. Yeah, it was like a covert advertising for ALC too. <laughs> And yeah. you know, I played two guys that I met for the first time this time, yeah. mm. and so far it worked. Like they were really excited to see the deck, and I think it was like it's like fun ways of like reengaging with the community of like you know I'm here to play and we can chat about GA, but also you know this is like an exclusive thing you'll be able to get if you play me. You're just like there's a spoiler, there's a spoiler. We get slapped by like a twenty one sword, no problem. <laughs> I think it was, uh, it, you know, it worked because after that, it's like you, you baited someone to buy another case, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so should we move forward to our main topics for today? Of course. All right. So, so topic number one is going to be community building. So we've talked a little bit about this prior on Tachier, but I figured since we have TM32, we're blessing, to, uh, like basically the community builder of the Grand Archive community, yeah. probably other card games too, but I want to hear some experiences from you. So, you know, we... We at BPC, actually Foam, uh, Foamy ran the new player experience at BPC. We did like a, actually, you know what? Foamy, why don't you just share the whole thing? We were all running it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you were demonstrating the game. Eva was helping out as well, showing a lot of the new players. Um, I mean, it's so obviously it's nowhere to the extent of TM32. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, more almost worldwide yeah. um, community building. Um, but at BPC, you know, we're just trying to get our own little scene going. Um, and I think early on we realized you know, it's one thing to uh, start a first event, a bunch of people come, right. but then it's another thing to make sure they come every week and yeah. stay invested into the yeah. in the game. And uh, one issue you'll encounter is like after that initial period um, where everyone's on the same page and learning how the game works, um, they're all like a very get quickly pretty advanced into the game. And then if someone new joins after that, they like feel very behind. Mm -hmm. They have to obtain all these uh, singles and learn a bunch of mechanics that right. they haven't heard of. Um, so we thought it was really important to um, continue doing these like learn to play type events. Um, I think we'll probably do them um, on, a regular? Like, on a regular basis yeah. at VPC. But we did our first um, like a couple months ago mm -hmm. and uh, we had uh, the demo decks that Sitsukrask very kindly provided us. And uh, we think it was a really successful event. You know, we, I think we mentioned like 30 or so people came. So. Mm -hmm. Um, but huge turnout, yeah. We, we actually had a lot of the Magic players like try. Mm. So VPC has a pretty big uh, Magic crowd, I think. They de definitely know a lot of them like 
word of mouth path pass along to each other they come try to check out this game so it's really really cool in fact i was converting uh at the end of vpc yesterday there were a bunch of magic players that were trying to get our table no i i just you know i i chat with everybody I a saw bit. You doing that. and then they're like oh <laughs> magic player. Like, oh yeah I, I like magic but i like this game more now, oh. now yeah. i'm like tell them why <laughs> explain to them like in magic terms what grand archive is and yeah. of course i invite them to like the star deck tournament that we're running soon yeah oh yeah so yeah so I think the next phase of this is, you know, obviously we're going to continue to have more new player experiences, but there's going to be things that maybe we can have some of the more experienced players collide with all the new players as well. So a starter deck tournament where it's pure starter decks, pre-con, no like, you know, additional uh, stuff is both easy to engage with. Um, and then also we can get like a lot more players to show up and play. That will be another way that we're going to try at least for on our local level to get more players to get involved with the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, but I want to know, like growing this this Grand Archive community like bigger beyond this stuff, right? So obviously Grand Archive is very LGS focused. So um, you guys want to talk a little bit more about that perspective, like the yeah. whole LGS like side of things. Maybe Roger, you can tell us like why Grand Archive or Weebs to the Shore has this focus on the LGS model. Why not go to Amazon? Why not go to Target and just sell, sell Grand Archive everywhere today? Yeah, so from that standpoint, <laughs> it's really not, well, there's twofold, right? Yeah. It, to be able to sell on Amazon and big box stores is implying that you'll be able to do all of the community building yourself, yeah. which implies a large surplus of cash and experience and infrastructure already set up because you're effectively selling direct. Like Walmart and Amazon and Target are not going to build your community for you. Yeah. They don't have a place to play. They don't have people running tournaments for you. So you're effectively saying, I'm going to do this and I either expect my player base to source location, source a TO, source a judge, yeah. source prizing for themselves and put that all together, or I'm going to source all of that for my players. Yeah. And both might be viable routes, like board games sell online very easily because all you need is like your kitchen table yeah. to play, right? That's the play space you need. Like small card games, not small card games, but like, you know, Self-contained card games like Card Against Humanity also do the same because they're more reflective of that board game style. But TCGs are completely different beasts where like your type of player catering to is, you know, on one hand looking for that shoulder experience, but on the other hand, you want a more organized, you know, tournament setting. And so that's why, you know, you can do that approach if you're gonna funnel your entire like budget into supporting that. Mm -hmm. Or you go and opt for the LGS route, in which an LGS has already catered to a community, has the play space, has the support, and experience to run events. What do you like get in return? What is the trade-off here? If you sell direct, you know, you're selling at that MSRP price. You take in more margin, you can make more money. If you sell through distribution and then sell through LGSs, you know, you're taking effectively a cut on that price. But what you're effectively trading in is you're like, I'm giving the store my share of revenue, and I expect this product to like sell well for you. And in this case, you have financial incentive as a store to then build the community, yeah. right? The larger your community grows, the more product you can sell, the more money you can bring in. And so that's how a store then balances like, you know, what is my ROI on table space for Magic versus Flesh and Blood versus Grand Archive versus Pokemon. Yeah. And so all is to say it's like very economical in the how you need to or how we view it is how i view it is it's not just like good faith of like we want to support stores or like we want to make more money it's more of like you know this is the path for success and we do it in partnership with stores because it's what will eventually grow both the store community both the game community in the long run that's 
most scalable and approachable for us, especially as a startup. Yeah. And so given that now we need to commit to this direction or we have committed to this direction, how do we best support stores? Because yeah. we also just can't say, okay, we're selling through distribution, stores now do your thing. It's yeah. in your best interest. Right. That's very condescending from a publisher to say that. And so now we need to go through the steps of like, how can we convince stores that this is worth their time to pick up, that this will you know, be a positive ROI for them, yeah. and then provide them the support as well to like bring them to like the end goal. Because they have so many games to focus on. There's so many options that they really need you to explain to them why this one is the best one, or yeah. at least to give like some time or focus on. Yeah. yeah. I think just to continue off his point, um, if you put your game in big box retailers, that means you have hit a point of scale in your business where the convenience of the accessibility of your product mm. is more important, right? Like Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, and Pokemon deserve to be there. Yeah. Right, but mm. if I see a smaller game at a big box retailer store, I'm gonna be straight up. I'm gonna say that just signals to me that you do not care about building the mm. community. It means you sold out, mm. and you are trying to profit off of more sales. Right, right, um, and, and he's right. Right, like <laughs> if if the companies are not supporting the LGSs that ultimately are the lifeblood of where the community is in this particular industry, yeah. then then that means you you have glossed over community building as part of your strategy altogether. Mm -hmm. Right, and that's why when he told me that you know we can't be on Amazon because of X Y Z, I was like, he gets it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like they get it. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, I think part of it too is like a lot of this converges on the LGS, yeah. but from you, you guys side, TM32, right? You guys are building the grassroots from the player side, so I can also see players walking the stores. They keep saying like, I watch like TM32's video <laughs> it's about Grand Archive, whatever this thing is. I want to give. I want, you guys support it, and the store keeps saying no. They're turning away business. So at some point, they're going to go talk to distribution, which effectively signs them on. So how do you build that? How do you build the grassroots from the player side? Yeah, um, I, I my philosophy with with uh, like building a local, right? It it ultimately falls into like like three things. Like it, you need these three things in order for to have a successful local scene, right? Mm -hmm. You need a champion of that game, yeah. right? So for for you guys, like it's like Foam Ava and you at VPC, and then for us, it's like oh, me, for example, or um, SoCal's a little spoiled. There's still there's actually quite a bit of passionate people down there yeah. as well. Um, then you have someone like Lime in Australia, right? So you, you do need these people there to that's just like I'm super passionate about the game. I will die on my mountain. Like this is yeah. my game, kind of thing, right? Like you need those types of people. Um, but conversely, you know these people have lives, right? They're not at the store six days of the week out of the seven, mm. right? Like sure, your local's one day of the week. What happens at the other six, right? So you do need an employee of the store to also be not, it doesn't have to be as passionate, but just like the game enough to where if someone walks in and sees Grand Archive on the shelf or is just like, maybe they're playing local and it's like, man, I hate X game, like screw <laughs> this game. Well, I overhear that as a, as a store owner and go like, oh, well you should try Grand Archive, yeah. right? It's just like, it doesn't matter how passionate you are of the game if you're just not there, right? So, and I say that because like for me, when I used to work at Top Spot, like I, I was also that guy, you know, I'm like, mm -hmm. have you heard of Grand Archive or Weiss back then? Um, and a good example also is uh, there's a store near our area called RWBT. They're a fairly recent store. They opened not too long ago, but the owners of that store is super passionate about GA. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so they're just there to like, if someone's there, they can like show for it, but yeah. also teach the game on the spot right then and there because they're, they also know how to play. Um, so those are like the two biggest ones. Yeah. The third one does help and, and that's accessibility to product, right? Yeah. And um, that's something that was a little bit of a struggle in the beginning yes. uh, for GA. Um, it's gotten a lot better now. Um, and then hopefully with ALC it does solve most of the issues, but it doesn't matter how passionate you are of the game, doesn't matter how uh, good the employee thinks of the game, if that store does not have product to sell you, yeah. it does kind of turn off that player, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, do you have a starter deck? Like, oh, or, or maybe they do have a demo deck and they learn how to play and it's like, yeah. great, but the demo deck is technically not legal. It's like a 30 card deck or whatever. Mm. So, all right, hey, can I get into the game more? Sorry, I just ran out of starters or, oh, you're going to have to go buy singles online yeah. or whatever it is, right? So those three key points, I think, are pretty important. Now the employee of the game or employee of the store could be the champion, right? So it is interchangeable. Yeah. And um, I've seen communities be built without stable product as well. So yeah. it's not like you need all these three to be like right. guaranteed. But I think those three are pretty solid indicators. It does take a lot of work to build something from zero, right? Like if your store doesn't support it or not many people are there, that's a lot of work that you have to do. Before DOA released, <laughs> we printed, I, I basically net decks, like four decks or something uh -huh. like that, uh, four variations. Went to a print shop, printed three copies of every single deck, print and play, cut them all out, found Pokemon bulk, sleeved every single one of them, yeah. and then hosted a learn to play. Because, wow. you know, for me, I felt like having the experience of kind of playing the game, mm -hmm. including what a card stock might feel mm -hmm. like, is much better yes. experience yes. than like a super thin deck of just pieces of paper, paper, right? And, you know, then we were like, oh, you can have free pizza, and then we raffled off stuff. And so it's like the little, little tiny things. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like we, the first one we had like 20 something people, very first time. And then um, a couple of weeks before the actual launch, we hosted another one that was like 30 something people. Wow. So I, I view those as success, right? Yeah. Um, which... Along the lines of building something from zero, actually, I had a question to turn to Cherry, actually. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, because I think, you know, we, uh, for Victory Point Cafe, we were mm. in the privileged position yes. um, that they were already supporting the game and mm. um, we just came in and started running it. But like, um, I know you've been quite active in like approaching places that maybe have never even heard heard of Grand Archive to, uh, before, and you would have to pitch it to them and like get them on board. So yeah. like, what was that like? You know, it's it's definitely scary. Like the biggest <laughs> the biggest problem you run into is like, oh well, you know, I carried X game and like I got burned really <laughs> bad. Sure, so yeah. like, I don't want to see that. Um, and honestly, that's where yeah. making the NorCal GA server came from was because like getting players into the store just to show them like, th this is real. Like there's actually people who want to play this game. They're yeah. like, I can see it. Like that, that makes a yeah. big impact. And like, at first it largely started off with like our friend group, but then just people having that online space and seeing like, oh wait, like this is a thing in my area or like I can go here and I can go there. Getting players into the store makes such a, like it's such a big help for the stores mm. to see that, okay, there's actually interest here. I'm actually going to try it. It's, it's like a really interesting like, balance of like hello store like you should yeah. check this out but then like needing to get people in there as well yeah. so they have mm. that insurance of like all right let's take a risk like let's get it kind of going um and it's it's it all kind of like melds together and like it's 
it's a very organic thing <laughs> that yeah. happens, I would mm. say. But like you two are like major champions for our area as well. Cause like Eva, our server grew so much because Eva's like telling yeah. all the new <laughs> players, like when she meets them and then mm. Foam just does such a good job of like introducing players to mm. the game mm. as well. So there's a lot of moving pieces and then they all kind of like come together and then it's like, okay, this store is getting started and we're just gonna keep giving that them that support mm -hmm. and that care to keep them going. And it's, it's a lot of work. It's it's really hard. Um, and especially like towards like with ALC coming up, like a lot of people are kind of like, eh, I've played FTC for a while now. So like I'm a little bit tired yeah. and you kind yeah. of see something interesting where it's like more stores are getting in and then like players are like, cool. Like there's a lot happening in my community. I can step back now. And like, I don't need to go to locals anymore. <laughs> so you kind of see this weird contrast of like, oh, more stores are getting in, but players are suddenly like, yeah. I don't need to support anymore. And then there's kind of like that gap to fill. Like a natural ebb and, ebb and flow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really interesting way that everything works together. Yeah, and that's kind of like a philosophy or concept thing we've been trying to tackle with as a company. Because prior to this, it was very much like you had to have a champion that was super passionate, super mm. willing to go out of the way to yeah. do that. And that's not scalable, right? Mm. As much as I would love for people to be like, I'm a GA player. I'm going to go out there, talk to every store, convince people to play, demo the game. Like that's like your top 1% of like your community that will like potentially get there. And that's not something you can build a scalable company or community off yeah. of. And so oftentimes we're taking it back being like, mm. okay, what is, you know, helpful? What lets people what lets people of the like the 10% now do the same thing that that one person was doing? How can we lower that barrier? of entry of effectively being like, you know, oh, I work full time. I really do like GA, but I don't have the time to like print out all these decks or like <laughs> the financial resources to buy all these starters yeah. or like the time to just go around. And so it's like, what can we provide as a company to help simplify that process? And so that's where in one sense, the, the ALC launch kit came from mm -hmm. because it's the same thing on the store side to be like, okay, I'm in, I want to run GA, but you're telling me I need to buy X, Y, and Z. I need to have people in. I need to you know, give them prizing now. Like that's a lot of financial burden as well as time. And so we're like, okay, you know what? Like, we'll take it on ourselves. We're going to provide every single store a launch kit that'll include you know, 16 demo decks, you know, promo cards that are exclusive to the launch, a demo play mat, a poster to put up in your store. This is all just to say like, you know, thank you for buying GA. Mm. This is a... This is a, like a launch kit event yeah. in a box that you yeah. can just take with and run. And I think the the same ethos will eventually come with like ambassadors or champions of like, mm -hmm. what can we do to lower the burden for people to want to champion the game? Yeah. But to not need to commit that financial burden or time, but be like, you know, hey, I really like GA. Can you send me like a bundle or something to get started for my store that I can take in and run a learn to play? And to like, so if we can provide all of the actual physical goods, maybe the graphics or promotions, set up the connections with the store and distributors and like bundle that all together. This provides like a very easy, you know, pick up and go for like across the world essentially for any player or store. So that's what the kind of like the long-term vision is for, for some support product like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I actually heard a lot of feedback from store owners 
that are saying, oh, we love running Grand Archive events because uh, Weaves provides such great prizing support. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's where I like the whole idea of like, when I've heard that other games charge for like OP pricing, mm. it didn't really make sense to me, right? Because like on one point, you know, as a company, you're like, well, I don't want to lose money on this product. Yep. But it's like, think a little bit past like your revenue cycle of like this product. Like, I think a lot of companies just say like, all the OP product I make, is like a not like a net loss against my income sheet. Yeah. It's all like sacrifices as company I am taking. Yeah. But it's like if you think about it further, if that OP kit brings in one additional player mm -hmm. and that person buys an additional box mm -hmm. and that store is then like adding on to their order, that money is coming back to you, it's already paid for itself. Like how much did that launch kit cost you to make? How much did that like five pieces of plastic or cardboard cost you to print out. Yeah. And that's why it's like, some, for some publishers, it's really short-sighted to be like, to lock your kind of like OP support behind so many paywalls and or approvals. Yeah. You should want this to be like, as abundant as possible yep. in order to bring in more people just to be like, hey, look, we are willing to provide support. We are willing to like, you know, give you free product to grow the gaming community. Yeah, and I think your support for for the for the source is like really it's I think for a lot of stores it's a breath breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think you know they've seen this type of support for, for a lot of other games. I mean, it's, you know, this specific like promo packs whatever those are pretty standard you know across the game. But it's also about quantity too. Like I've I've literally gone to Magic events and it's like we, we kind of ran out because <laughs> you know they, they you the stores have to buy like a certain amount of pre-release kits to get like basically a booster box and there's nothing special about the booster it's just a booster box it's like i've heard complaints where it's like it's a booster box so i open it i throw away like you know 14 cards and the 15 card most likely is a bulk rare too i throw that away mm. versus like having a you know chance to get a csr that's exclusive in an evp it's insane i've never seen this kind of support right and, but the OP support goes even beyond LGS. It's like, you know, to bigger events. Like, everybody shows up to a GA event and gets a playmat. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh, that's a top 32 prize. You get top 30. <laughs> we yeah. laugh about it, but the yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh player all know this. I mean, they complain to me about this at, at events. They're like, this is so cool. Like, if you make top 32, you get a special playmat. But otherwise, I still walk out with a playmat, no matter yeah. what. I, I, you know, O3 scrub, playmat. <laughs> Easy, right? <laughs> so we're talking about events. Lots of events. Okay. So you guys Many have ran events. a couple of events, TM32. Uh, just a few. A few. few. Tiny. And, and we'll be running a few more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some, some of them bigger than others. Uh, Potentially yeah, a very yeah. large event. Whatever. Yeah. So um, I'm curious because I went to your, you know, regionals. Uh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. DOA regionals. Second place. Yeah. Second place. Second place. Second place. <laughs> <laughs> um, I quit going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so look, okay. Looking back on the regionals, you've actually ran two of them so far, yes. right? Um, what are some like reflections, thoughts, you know, just briefly, like, how did you think about those regionals? What are things that you've improved from first to second, et cetera? What, what are some changes, differences? <laughs> uh, a lot. Uh, we, we learned a lot. Uh, yeah. that's the big thing. Um, hosting event, at least for me, was very new. Um, as you know, we, I, I kind of hinted at in, um, our, our, trailer teaser kind of thing for because we did make a video for to advertise mm -hmm. uh the regionals um you know i went from like i used to work at a best buy right a basically no event right yeah. i'm just there to work nine to five i'm just gonna go home and play video games kind of kind of guy right um to like okay and now i'm hosting like kind of locals at top spot in a way like i was mostly the guy behind the counter and like i'm really good at sales so i was like yeah. the sales guy but right <laughs> but i'm still trying to host some of these events or locals right. and then 
you know, oh shoot, I'm hosting a regional. It's like, oh shoot, I'm we're helping with the set. Oh my god, we're doing worlds now. Like, you know, so it's like, <laughs> how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. It's like the, the scale of things has gone up for me. Yeah. Um, which for me, again, for me, is very new. It's not so much newer for for Ken, which is um, why I think we are doing so well. Is because he has that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but we we definitely learned, especially between the first and second regionals. Uh, I think at the time the first regionals was like the biggest one. It was like 111 yeah. people yeah. signed up to play. Not yeah. not not just buy the ticket. No. It was 111 people who sat down right. and, and actually played. So that was quite a quite a large amount of people. Um, but there was a delay and and it ended pretty late and stuff like that. So which um, okay cool. After that it's like okay why was there a delay? Why did it take so long? Yeah. What were the some of the hurdles? A lot of the complaints that the players had. Cool, noted. Right, they're like, oh, cool. keep that in my back of my head. Second regionals comes around. All right, how do we prevent that from happening again? Yeah. Luckily, I we knew exactly why there was a delay. <laughs> so we're like, all right, as long as we don't do that, you know, we're good. Did not happen. Um, so it started cool. on time. Ultimately, events for us is just like, does each one get better than the last? Mm-hmm. Within that event, there was a lot of um, negative feedback, little things like, you know, the way we handled the raffle or mm-hmm. the way maybe the FTC um, premiere was handled that I then wanted to take to the second one, you know, and be like, okay, we've improved on all those things. It was, a, I will admit, like in my heart, it was a little bit sad to only get 48 people for factors outside of our control. Maybe the yeah. FTC season yeah. was weak or whatever yeah. it may be. But you it was like, hosting yeah. the same weekend as BlizzCon. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same weekend as BlizzCon. It was pretty big as well. Yeah, um, and there's but, more regionals yeah. now. It's like, you know, it's yeah. a little bit like the first one, the entirety of California, or, like or, oh, like, yeah. out of state, yeah. all traveled to yeah. SoCal. <laughs> Um, Guess took our audience. Overall, more people were able to attend regionals. Yeah, which is a good thing. I, yeah. I, I do want to yeah. point out Ooh. it's good yeah. to have more yeah. regionals. Yeah. So now with Ontario, we're looking at Ontario and going, okay, how do we make Ontario cooler than Houston? There's, it's a tough undertaking, right? Ooh. Events are really hard and challenging and the amount of thoughtfulness required from the people who are hosting the events yeah. is immense even for things that are really small like even getting a group of six people to come to a like a, a store yep. mm-hmm. is like you gotta sync schedules you yeah. gotta plan you gotta create a banner you create a graphic right there's a lot of thoughtfulness that goes into it and that just scales up even more when mm-hmm. you're thinking like hundreds thousands whatever amount of people yeah. so I just wanted to like pass it to someone like you who hosts you know smaller events mm-hmm. how, how challenging can it sometimes be even just it's- to create right it's hard it's hard like getting people motivated to show up and it's always kind of like this domino effect where it's like all right once you got one person the next person's like all right i'll go and then maybe like a few more tag on Mm -hmm. but like if that first person doesn't latch on to that second person and like it doesn't really grow from there um trade night at cardart in mm. like how how long ago was that? That was a while that ago. Was yeah. A while Very... ago. It was so funny because like I got back from the Wendinals and I was like, trade night's really cool. We've never had anything like that in NorCal. Let's just try it out. Like people were posting in the NorCal server, they were like, I wanna buy and I wanna trade. And like it wasn't really catching on. So I was like, okay, let's try to make like a physical space where people can go. So like I tried getting the conversation rolling in the server, and like maybe like one or two people were like, yeah. That sounds cool. Like I show up with a box of donuts. I'm like, yeah, it's probably gonna be like four people. Twenty people showed up that, really fun, yeah. that yeah. night, and like we had as many players at Card Art that night for Grand Archive 
as we had for Yu-Gi-Oh, which was wild and like something I had never seen before, which is really exciting. But just kind of getting people excited and motivated and kind of getting them in that mindset of like, I'm gonna do this, like I'm part of this thing with this group, I'm committing mm -hmm. to it, let's yeah. make it happen. Yeah. It's really tricky, but definitely with when you're starting with a store where people aren't as close and it's like, oh gosh, like I'm gonna show up with all these people I don't know, it's a lot harder. Um, so I think there's a lot of benefit to be had to putting more love and care into growing an online space where people can kind of get to know each other because that's like a lot less intimidating. Yeah. But it's also really difficult to make yes. an online space where people actually want to like Talk. go chat every yeah. day and feel really <laughs> sure. comfortable. So it's it's hard. It's possible though, and we've done it here in, in NorCal. Yeah. You've so. done a really good job yeah, cultivating you. our community. <laughs> thank you. We have like over a hundred people now. Over a hundred. Yeah. It was enough to get us a regional. Yeah, but like I wouldn't be <laughs> even, even for me. Like I wouldn't be here without foam. Like it was really easy for me to become a champion of the game because like me coming into it as someone who was new, like I didn't have the tools, I didn't have the knowledge. Yeah. So like if I didn't know anything, I would just ask Foam and he would just tell me, like explain yeah. it to me. So like I kind of built my toolkit that way. It, you do kind of get like a little bit of a snowball effect yeah. sometimes when things kind of line up nicely. You raised exactly. a champion. You raised multiple champions. Uh, no, no. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I mean, I just wanted to play a game with my friends. <laughs> and but, then, but I, you know, it's awesome that you guys all like it, like yeah. this game. We like but it. Sometimes so, that's all it takes yeah. is like being inspired by someone who's really passionate about something and it makes you go like, you know what, I want to try that too. Or like, yeah, I want to yeah. help spread that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, passion is infectious, you know. That, that was about oh, to yeah. say that. <laughs> Coming from Mr. Passion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, your story cheers me up a little bit. To just see people Aww. go out of their way to do remarkable things because they believe in something so much is like, mm. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah no, it's, <laughs> Reverse so, Uno yeah. right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> so many, is, this is the, the cry, cry GA podcast? Yeah, the yeah. Cry, cry GA. GA. Oh, this is Grand GA, this is Cry GA. We keep being rebranded. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm just also surprised every single time I think about this, you know, you guys talking about being new players to the games and it's like, you know, or I, I would consider myself maybe a little bit more of a veteran of card games mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's like, I can't believe a card game has done it like this thing where they brought the, the people who are super sweaty and super hardcore, super into mechanics and details, whatever, honestly care nothing about like anime art. Mm -hmm into a game with a bunch of people who care about anime art, who mm -hmm. love that scene, and mm -hmm. are now learning the mechanics of it. I'm learning about weep culture. I'm like a level two weep now, I think. <laughs> I don't know what level I need to be, but you know, I'm getting there. And then, you know, like, so I just how? think that conversion is so cool, Yeah. right? And then the thing I love about card games, and I see this with every community, and that's not a Grand Archive thing, is that this, this thing about card games, something about it, like people are very willing to help. Mm. If you walk up and you say, hey, I'm new to this card game, Please make sure you tell people this because very likely a veteran who's playing against you will like show you the ropes. They may play open hand. They may just like guide you through the whole thing. Think mm -hmm. about the moves. You know, ask you where you're crush, uh, where you're what you're comfortable like being coached or not, etc. People are so helpful. Mark yeah. was the first person I ever played at a local oh. event. I remember being so scared that day because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm actually quite like a shy person, like inherently. So I was like so nervous. I'm like, what is a card game local? Like I'm there, I have this deck. I kind of know how to play. And I was like, oh God, this guy has like a YouTube channel. <laughs> 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 I'm so scared. Like but he was, he was so 
nice when we were playing. It's like one like, of those Ooh, sketchy like... finance dudes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to play against him. Like... <laughs> yeah. it, it goes Says a long the person way. with the YouTube <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, another okay. YouTuber. <laughs> channel about card games. I'm just like a non-threatening YouTuber. <laughs> just a jellyfish. I'm just a jellyfish. But like, we had a really great game. He was super nice. Like, he helped you out too. And like, that kind of experience, it makes all yeah. of the difference. It makes all the difference. Yeah. So, I think maybe my comment to uh, the, the pro players too is, spend that time. Like, mm. don't just end the game, be like, bye, peace. Spend time, ask questions. Like, hey, um, do, you, do you want some people? Like, let's say you win, right? And it's like, you realize there's some things they could improve. Just ask like, hey, you know, um, do you want to discuss the game a little bit? So one of the really easy non-threatening way to say that is just say, hey, do you want to do you want to talk about your plays? Don't say something like, I saw that's problems with your plays. Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to tell you tell you what those are? Because that's really, you know, threatening. Just say, do you want to talk about that game? Or hey, do you want to check out my deck? Sometimes what I do is like, or sometimes I'll, I'll be vulnerable first. I'll say like, hey, um, I'm really curious. Was there anything I did wrong in this game that you saw? And then that opens up usually a door to them saying, hey, what about me, right? Mm. A, these mm. are things you can do as maybe if you're on the other side, mm. not the new player side, to kind of open that conversation because I think we all want more players of the game. And how you do that is, it, as you're hearing from this conversation, it's it's all of us. It, you can't just rely on like Shinja's passion. You can't rely on like Cherry building like an infinite Discord server. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or, or Foam and Eva taping up banners on everywhere right? Every in the world. Traveling the world, taping up banners. It's not, but, it, but it takes all of us doing little bits and pieces that we're comfortable and we're good at to, to make this happen. And I think that's that's where if you're passionate about the game, then, then spend a little time doing that as well. I think it will help a ton. Yeah, I agree. All right, so... I'm wrap, let's bring this back. I do want to talk about GA World because this is a, a huge event that's the culmination. And, and you guys are the event. planning this thing. It's <laughs> insane, right? For, for both of us, the team and, uh, yeah. and us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a massive event. There's a lot of things that we are planning to do. Uh, there's two, I guess, two sides of that, right? There's the top 16, like people who win all the nationals, right? They, they, they get invited, right? We will fly you out. We will pay for your travel, your accommodations. Um, to come over and then we're also having probably or at least i hoping the some of the world-class casters judges mm. for that event um so we're hoping that it's like world's level not just the players but yeah. the whole experience right? right then there's a broadcast on top of that um so that hey i'm like not everyone can make it to worlds right yeah. maybe you live on the other side of the planet cost a bajillion monies to get over here sure. cool you can just watch the event right like you don't have to come over here um, to experience it you can just right. watch it see some of the best players in the world yeah. uh play and who knows maybe they're playing the champion that you like right so maybe you can learn something right um then on the other side there's ascent world so maybe you do show up right <laughs> maybe unfortunately like you know, unfortunately maybe you didn't qualify but you just want to come and hang out yeah. cool there's we just debuted at 3v3 right yeah. so you and two of your friends can can play and there's some restrictions right there's like um the, the i guess the rule book for how many cards you can have in your deck and stuff still apply across all three of you right um and it's like one of the first times you're debuting a 3v3 event in yeah. ga so it's also exciting there um but we also at least from our side we also see worlds that not as ascent worlds as like not just 
a competitive event, we see a sense as like, this is just kind of like the culmination, in Worlds especially, it's the culmination of everyone's passion for GA from both the team, from us, yeah. um, players, casuals, competitive, whatever, collectors, right? So we're hoping that the things that we do, side events or decorations or other things like, you know, cosplay, for example, yeah. um, all of that can just be like, oh my God, I want to go. I wa if Or if you do go, you're like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I went. Yeah. Right? Um, that aside, you know, some of the other stuff like, um, Price cards are pretty cool, right? Really exciting because Path of Silver is going to be back oh, yeah. again. Very exciting. Um, as a ca more casual, like not competitive player, I'm I'm really excited for it because it's it's almost going to feel like the convention, like the anime convention of Grand Archive, mm -hmm. yeah. essentially, and it's in Vegas, so yeah. like it's. You know how people go to Anime Expo, they're like, yeah, I'll just like spend the week in LA because it's LA yeah, and yeah. it's just like this all encompassing experience. Like I feel like a lot of people will be able to get that from Worlds. Mm -hmm. So if you're on the fence about going, go. I highly <laughs> <Yeah>. recommend it. <laughs> tickets are going. There's like mm. over 400 to 500 tickets. Yeah, we, yeah. I, it's funny. We actually debuted a brand new ticket tier technically, the Super VIP. Super VIP. That one. <laughs> yeah. That, that yeah. instantly gone. Yeah. VIP oh, technically yeah. also were like a little slower, but also kind of gone instantly but um, even if you're not vip you're gonna have a great time oh yeah so make sure you mm -hmm. uh, grab, grab your tickets at least yeah. we're hoping <laughs> yeah like <laughs> everything shinjin sherry said is like on point but it's so much of that world is a culmination of you know the entire year of ga of mm -hmm. the community that we're investing a lot of time and resources into because this is kind of like a pin on the map to be like hey you know other card games other people looking in other players that have been on the fence of like is this game gonna stick around or not? Is it gonna make it to set three or year two? Yeah. Like, look, look at the event we're putting on. Look at everyone that's come out to play and celebrate this game. There is going to be a future here and this is just the start of it. It's very much a huge marketing effort as well for the stream and everything to live on YouTube, for people to be able to go through and look at the deck profiles and the different events yeah. and be like, wow, I want this to come to my country. What yeah. can I do to bring this here? Yeah. Yeah. And how can like we also help you with that so that, that is the ideal of what worlds should and hopefully will become just a bit of backstory potential redacted so pause <laughs> and unpause all right so the original idea for worlds was still purely wanted a world championships it was 16 players all matches streamed and he says do anything it takes to make sure that the broadcast is good yeah right so at this time, there wasn't even a consideration for the Ascent portion of Worlds. Right. Mm -hmm. um, however, discussing with him, discussing a number of other uh, individuals on the team when, yeah. I, when I happened to meet them, it just it just didn't make sense. Yeah. Right. It, it didn't make sense for the World Championships, the the pinnacle of competition, but also like a potential opportunity for for Weaves to put on the map that they can do something this cool, this remarkable. Yeah. Um, so. I went to sell, he gave me a number, I broke down the budget, I guess he took it to him, and then he was like, okay, I guess it's good. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, so Worlds, awesome. without going into all the details, it really is Reese the Shore putting their money where their mouth is. Like, they yeah. are investing substantial resources, yeah. as well as their time, to help make sure that this event is amazing for, I imagine a majority of the people attending this event are going to be those passionate, um, What's the what's the word early adopter like the people who yeah. have been investing mm -hmm. a lot of their energy and their passion into the game, yeah. who are going to be attending this event? So we want to make sure that those people are treated with a remarkable experience. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I, we saw hints of that with us at Houston, right? Yes. It's like that was yes. the very first event that, you know, won the team advertised way before even Alter release, right? So people <laughs> just knew, Kickstarter people knew, anyone who's early adopters, early, early adopters uh, knew about it. You got into DOA Alter, you knew about it. Um, so, and the fact that all these people then showed up and it's like, wow, this event was like fantastic. I'm meeting people uh, that I've met, made friends with on Discord for the first time. The competitive event was nice. Path of Silver was new and was yeah. went really well. So that was like, yeah, that was the return for all these early adopters, right? So we saw that and we're like, yeah, like Worlds has to, be better than that basically mm -hmm. um and now there's a lot and because like you know because of how early it was so marketed uh a lot of people also were not able to go right yeah. so that was the other thing yeah um which i guess it's like there's a lot of challenges with something like this this massive event right because <laughs> that's, that's kind of an understatement it's, but you know yeah. there's, there's, uh, yeah. there's so many challenges because you know like what ken said like the team is willing to put the money where their mouth is yeah. um but you know we also have to consider we can't just burn the money away yep. right mm. so you know one of the hot topics was like cool we we announced or the team announced top 16 of the world's bracket is single elimination right yeah. um and that was considered because we have, or not have to, but one of the biggest points was, was we have to stream every match, mm. every single one. There's a hundred matches, we have to stream all hundred of them, right? Okay. Uh, and because that was the initial thinking, they were like, okay, single elimination, it basically has like pretty much the, the least amount of matches yeah. and we can spread them out, right? Yeah. It's not like a round, it's kind of like round, whatever, right? So that's why we announced it that way and you know, there's some feedback with that. It's like, hey, you know, as a player, if if I fly you out 18 hours on a, you're stuck on a plane for 18 hours, you play one round, you're gone. Yeah. yeah. And then I get to fly 18 hours back, right? And as a player, that kind of sucks, <laughs> you know? So, but as like a company and as us, us we, who want to stream every match and use it as potential like marketing and potential sponsors for future worlds or whatever, yeah. it's yeah. like, well, like, not streaming the match yeah. is not an option yeah. but also yeah as a player coming from a player side i do get it that flying 18 hours and then losing one game and then you're done right that, yeah. that we also understand that does suck um so that's like one of the challenges for us it's like okay do we change the format um if we go to like something like Swiss or top, it's like, there's so many more rounds now. Yeah. I can't really just stream every match anymore. Yeah. Okay, well there's double elimination, that's possible. So yeah. it's like, now we're thinking like, what format can we do? What's yeah. the compromise here? Right. Cause we want obviously the players to feel nice, right? You know, you're going to the biggest event you would like to play, but also it's like, we do have to think about, okay, we're spending that much money. Yeah. We have to make sure that's going to a good yeah. place, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's like the biggest challenge, at least for uh, me, because I'm handling the broadcast, right? So that's right. like my thing. Um, Ascent, Ascent Worlds, were, one of the big challenges is, is 3v3 going to do well, right? Like that's, that was a big risk that we we're taking, yeah. um, or the, the team is taking, because now we have to think about new rules, like because now the, the rule for the deck is now spread amongst all three of you. Yeah. Um, the challenges of labor, like if I'm deck checking a table, that's now six days, you know, like yeah. that's like six <laughs> decks I have yeah. to check um, within time frames. Then theoretically, that's also like more judges I have to do. Yeah. Um, so there's just so many challenges that like behind the scenes, no yeah. one will think about, right? And you just show up to the event, it's either good or bad, 
right? And if it's good, no one thinks yeah. about it, which is good. <laughs> uh, and if it's bad, it's like, oh, the, the event's bad because yep. of X, Y, and Z, right? Um, and there's yeah. also like weird, like <laughs> something that you'll never think about is yeah. like, okay, we're hosting three nationals in three different regions. How do we do pairing for top 16? Yeah. Because normally you do Swiss and then yep. it's like, okay, you do top whatever 16 cut or whatever it is. And then you go, okay, first and 16 go, and mm -hmm. then two and 15 and, blah, blah, and just kind of work down the list. Well, what, what places you know, 16th at NA versus six, you know, whatever, like whatever the bottom yeah. cut Four, is. Fourth at Asia to like, let's say five at NA. Yeah, so How it's like, you, you know, we don't really have an Omnidex out yet for those regions and it hasn't been tested right. um, extensively. So we don't know, like, you know, like you, we were kind of talking about this, like StarCraft is a really good example, for yeah. example, right? Like Korea, everyone knows Korea's StarCraft scene is just <laughs> crazy, <laughs> right? So, but then you go to like a minor region and go, okay, well, like if I'm Grandmaster in Korea, I'm really freaking good. Yeah. But then if I'm Grandmaster in a different region, it are is. you as good? Like, you, you know, like there's a, yeah. not, generally it's like not really, right? Mm. Because just the level of competition is just yeah. not up to that level, yeah. but on paper, you are the same rank, right? Yeah. right? So that's like the huge, Huge, like challenge for us is like how do we do pairings right and we have a couple ideas um we're still working that out but that's just the little things that you may not even think about yeah. but that's something that like oh my god like how do we how do we do that right yeah all the all the planning culminates into three days basically yeah right and it's like live you can't like pause give us like another 24 hours to think through this thing and then we'll resume <laughs> yeah, it, right? you yeah. can't do that yeah it's, it's, it's go time it's go time yeah once right? that friday hits yeah stream goes live and it's it's game time yeah know? It's a huge undertaking. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have worked with large events in the past, but and man, like their team, they have teams working on these events, right? Like the team that's the size of TM plus Weaves is just working on the store alone, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like they they have a team of 10 working on the store, the merchandise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we're like, yeah. oh man, we're flying wow. the ship while we're, it's fly, we're still building. Totally, yeah. Thank you for yeah. joining yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into it, right? right. I, I see things from a really high level, but yeah. you know, really think like these two for like being so nitty gritty with the little things that a GA person will will know more than someone like me, right? That's the thoughtfulness that we're <laughs> ho hoping we inch our way into success in that regard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What are the uh I know we talk from TM side, not to complain, right? Yeah. But it's just like, that's just like, hey, yeah. you know, yeah, these are all the, uh, the challenges. Yeah. But like, as like a company, as a business, as like a TCG company, like what are some challenges of something hosting like Worlds or even Ascent or anything like that? It's just that like, where in the hell is event hosting on your skill set of like what yeah. I need in yeah. the TCG company, right? Yeah. And this has been like the challenge time and time again that like, you know, two years ago, everyone was like, I'm gonna make a TCG. That's easy. What do I need? Some art, some mechanics, throw it on a like inkjet printer and spit it out, and I'm a TCG. And you're like, oh well, you know, two years ago we found out manufacturing is a huge nightmare that no one has any publication on. And then it was like, well, what is distribution? What is logistics? What is game design? You know, how do you scale art? And now it's like, oh, well, now we have to tackle on event hosting to this entire puzzle. Like, you know, thank God everyone thought that Houston Ascent went 
like really well. Because mm -hmm. behind the scenes, like the <laughs> up to it, I don't think we slept. I didn't sleep during a set Houston. There was definitely a lot of like, there was a lot of like, little things, holy shit, yeah. I'm patching the holes, wow. but everything else above ground, I need to like show up and be like, hey guys, thanks for coming out. <laughs> or I go back down and like, it, it definitely felt like the silver. Hollywood like set building where on the <laughs> face it looks like a city, but then behind the it's just is like supported <laughs> by duct tape. And, like, like a dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like the day after St. Houston, I was was like we can never have this happen again yeah. like how do we set ourselves up to be more successful yeah. at hosting big events and we were just like like as a team we're not capable of like splitting our own attention to cover so many more aspects of an event that we're just not skilled at as far as like a team of six goes it's like you know art game design shipping logistics sales production yeah. you can't just tack on everything that yeah. event hosting compromises into that and expect to go well and so that's when the discussion with tm32 happened of like hey like you know you've run a couple regionals for us realistically why don't we like just go at this together yeah. and combine forces and see what we can do together like you know you guys have run the events you have the connections and the understanding for finding a venue, hosting, running large-scale tournaments, we can provide you as much as support financially, design-wise, ideas, or like resourcing manufacturing, and let's see what we can build together. Yeah. Plus, you don't want to put like weaves on break every you know, event for two You're weeks. You're like, hold on, guys. No <laughs> event kids going no, no on. Design no <laughs> design happening. Yeah. 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 And, you know, events is one of, it's similar to like um, show running. No matter how experienced you get at it, you're always nervous as things get approached. Uh, right? yeah. Like, even for something like Worlds, <laughs> oh, like, oh yeah, we're going to host Worlds. And then I, and then the back of my mind is like, there are people paying $480 for a ticket plus flight yeah. Yeah. and their vacation days that maybe they've been saving up their entire career to, to fly out to Vegas yeah. to, to go to an event that we're hosting. You. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God. No and then, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, your, your mileage will vary, right? Like, uh, someone might have a remarkable experience, flawless, and someone else, they might, something bad might go wrong. Yeah. Like, oh, it was, you know, I had a terrible time, right? So that's always like in the back of my head. Oh, how do we alleviate all of these, you know, little things that could go wrong? Um, I'm, I'm just a little stressed. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't notice me. Yeah. We think a lot about you guys, kind of like every like idea that we have. And we're, we're lucky that as a team, we have people who just started off as like, oh, like I played this game, just like community members. So like every idea that we have, it's like, okay, if I'm a player, how does this feel? How does this look? Like, how can I make this better from the experience of the player? So it's, there's a lot of love and care put into every aspect um, of what you're going to experience at Worlds. And the other thing that they haven't mentioned is like, yes, Worlds is a huge event, but at the same time, we're planning Ontario and there's like things ahead yeah. that we're planning yeah. for. Oh, yeah. For the Weaves team, yeah. it's like even more. They're like always like juggling like <laughs> yeah. a million different yeah. things at once. Yeah, you gotta start looking at venues for like the rest of 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. 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 Those are yeah. the plan like MRC or the Mercurial Heart to come yeah. out and premiere. Oh, it's like Worlds. Yeah, that's like the other thing. Yeah. Talk about that yet. <laughs> yeah, I can't the, talk about. the event you're gonna have to run, make sure that goes smoothly. Yeah. When do you fire it? Yeah, yeah that's actually something I I even just glossed over. Is mm. like we're not just planning one event at a time. We're oh. planning like all like Four all five, of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they take time, right? Yeah, like yeah. you have to reach out to venues and then lock it in. And okay, cool, you did lock it in, but now how are you gonna do advertising, marketing, decorations? Who's going? 
um, like what type of tournament is it or is it even a tournament right and it's just like so many little things and like that's why this is my full-time job now <laughs> it's like you know yeah. um, and like with worlds too we're also doing like path of cosplay basically yeah. <laughs> you know it's like yeah I, like how do you judge that right yeah. like how do you make it so that everyone can be inclusive but also it is a competition t technically too right. it's like what are the rules how do you how do you win yeah. um what's the pricing like is there an entry promo like what's the cutoff like if we like path of silver for example had a 100k point like cutoff yeah. where like cool you hit that threshold and you get something well how do you judge that for a cosplay because yeah. everyone's cosplay is different everyone's yeah. budget is different right. you know so it's like those are the little things that um that are just hard to do <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like we're, we're reading like the servers like all the time as oh, well yeah. so like we see like the feedback as it's happening and like yeah. sometimes you have the, like you want to be able to say like okay like this is how we're going to run the cosplay yeah. contest but like it's not as simple as that and like Correct. we really want to think it through to mm -hmm. make it fair while also juggling the you know other things yeah. that we're handling at the <laughs> yeah. same time then he's not here and he's rarely on camera but a huge shout out to solidar too mm. like he's out there watching everything and even though he's a goofball event you know looking at cars like this and stuff like that <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. behind the scenes yeah. he is very particular uh, about think, like does this thing make people sad yeah, oh yeah, people yeah. are talking about this fix yeah. it yeah. right like he's I, very thoughtful about yeah, everything i think i saw this really funny comment like there's a there's a guy on, on the main core called tr Yep. He, um, <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, Shinja reads 90% of the Discord, but Solidar reads 100% of the Discord, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's like, I'm pretty passionate. I live on that Discord, right? But Solidar, like... Is the Discord. Is, is the Discord, right? Discord. And there's not... Mark thinks I'm in every Discord. Solidar's in every Discord, right? He's And he's there to, because, it's for better or for worse, he's there to grab the community yeah. feedback, right? Yeah. Um, to like, are you happy? Are you good? Like, are you happy about something? Are you sad about something? Yeah. Like, he is very receptive and he's also willing to change, right? Yes. Like, you know, biggest thing was like the FTC thing, right? Yep. Like you guys had a really good idea, boom. Oh, uh, it didn't really work. All right, let's let's do this to fix it, right? Yeah. Um, so that level of flexibility is something that I think the team is doing really well with, um, which also allows us to do our thing too. Cause it's like, they might have an idea and we go, oh, I think that's good. But what if like, this might be better as an experience and they go right. oh yeah that's probably good too and then we work it out right so yeah so if you're ever in the van you see the dev team just tell them they're doing a Say good job because they don't Aww. hear it yeah. they probably yeah. don't hear it more than you think they do yeah. yeah so i preface with roger probably the most still second but the reality is everyone on the team has input on everything like they're yeah. always factoring their own perspective for example alan comes in with a really strong player perspective right yeah. so he's all like oh i think the players might not like that or whatever and then sil is a grinding collector so he's like yeah. oh that's not good enough right <laughs> so or not, not everyone saying, like, has that their own work in the rules. Yeah, everyone has their own unique perspective, and ultimately, everyone just wants to have fun yeah. too, right? So, cool. Um, I think we're we're getting to the end of our show. So <laughs> so sad because every every time we do this, like it's so, it's, the conversation is so fun. I, I don't I don't want to end it. We can record like seven hours. Yeah. Um, but Before it does have to end somewhere. <laughs> yeah. We do have to eat. You know, I have pretty hungry. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else that you know we we didn't get a chance to say? You want to? add into the end here uh it's a speaking of words and kind of ending on that note um we are looking for some world level commentators and it is an open application yes uh so if you think you got what it takes please send me an email and i guess you can put in the description or something yes i'll put um, it in there somewhere, somewhere the bullet description but basically email me um there's also an article about it as well uh send me your clips right show off what you can do um and if you just if we pick you then we'll fly you out yeah. and we'll fly you to vegas no matter where you're from you get yeah. fantastic perks 
Super VIP. I yes. forgot. You get uh, was it Frostbite CPR? I think. Ooh. Was it Frostbite? Yeah. yeah. Is that a leap? <laughs> no. Yeah. So a lot of things, yeah. um, a lot of perks. We do take care of you, right? Um, but that's the one thing that um, one challenge that I think that needs to get worked on yeah. is the auxiliary. Uh, labor force basically <laughs> um, that I'm hoping to foster you know that's that, that's something I want to do because it'd be nice to have like dedicated caster like discord yeah. or dedicated judge discord or whatever um, so that way like if we're running nationals or ascents or worlds it's like I, that question is not like who I'm gonna get to get it's uh who am I gonna pick right right that I, I want that as my problem right. which is a good problem to have <laughs> All right, uh, I think we are running pretty long for our podcast, so uh, we'll skip questions for this week. But if you have questions for Talk GA. Oh yeah, we got one more thing. Yes. So just uh, from from us at Weaves of the Shore. Wait, what? Wait, is this why you didn't want Wait, to move what? these boxes? I, no, Wait, I what? actually was like, we should move these boxes from underneath this we table. We move these boxes. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, it's Eva, who's currently editing this podcast. Tune into our next episode to find out what the heck just happened. Okay. <laughs> we, we promise you. So I'm, I'm going to make sure our next show, we will have time for questions. Um, but if you have questions <laughs> for so us bad. on TalkShare, the way to get to us now is uh, you, can, you, can, you can, of course, comment on our video. Hashtag TalkGA tells me that it's a question. Of course, I will read every comment, but it just makes it a little easier for me to filter it. Or if you're listening on a podcast or podcatcher of your choice, uh, go ahead and email, um, I think it's TalkGAPodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then send send the questions in. We'll, we'll read it and we'll uh, share it on the show for you. Otherwise, that's going to do it for us for today. I'm Mark from Solar Games. This is the, the family. Mark and friends. Yeah. Mark and friends. Yeah. Stay classy. Stay, Stay classy. Stay classy. Stay classy. Yeah. 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 Cool. That's right. a wrap. If I play Dream Fairy, then I can bounce the deer.